Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rambosity, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? What's up, what's up, what's up? Hope everybody's doing great. We are once again meeting in the Thomas Winborn's office. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Thomas Winborn himself. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going today? Bro, I'm doing good. Um, I just got back from a trip, you know, and, and I say trip because it's not a vacation. No, it's not a vacation. <laughs> when you have little kids, it's never a vacation. No, it's never a vacation. Yeah. Man, Brooke still wakes up at like 6 o'clock in the morning, and like he wakes up and he's like, bye, bye. Bye bye. Like that kid's like waking up thinking about food. And he eats from six o'clock until seven o'clock when he goes to bed. Yeah. And, and so, y'all, listen, I'm so excited about today's topic. We're going to be talking about a situation uh, that recently broke out in California yep. uh, with a large mega church with a guy that we like yep. um, in the state. But before we get into that topic, well, and just to say this too, yeah. it's it's really important because that same thing going on out there can be something that impacts us here. I, I mean, it, it really could at any time. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and we need to think about these things. And so today's topic, I mean, we're going to think through it. But before we get to our topic, we're going to go all in the beginning. What's, so a, me, what's, what's something that you like to do, Thomas? What's man, one of so your favorite things yeah, to do? So we wanted to throw a little personal thing in here today. So um, one of my favorite things to do, now this is always like behind spending time with my wife or my kids yeah this is like hobby we're talking about yes kinda. like something that we like to just go out and do on our own something that we just do because i don't have much hobby going on except for kids you yes. know what i mean but when i get the opportunity which is pretty much to and from work i like to ride my motorcycle yeah man it's a blast man I, I, even if i have a rough day or a heavy day or a full day riding that bike i have to focus everything i could possibly do to focus my attention on what i'm doing and um, it really, by the time I get home, I've just let off a lot of whatever I've been carrying all day. And it's really encouraging. So some people think it's pretty dangerous. But honestly, like, there is more danger. But the amount of joy and the amount of just uh, release that I get from it makes it a really great thing for me. I like having four wheels underneath me. <laughs> not two. You like, you like rolling down the road in a cage. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Man, bro, I, it's just never been my thing. Like, I, my cousin laid over a dirt bike when I was on the back of, when I was like eight. Yeah. And ever since then, I can see that. Like, yeah. like even like even mopeds at the beach. Like, 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 like we went and rented people mopeds. Get dude, people get stupid rented, on mopeds, man. I rented a three wheeled moped because I didn't <laughs> feel safe. <laughs> My wife made fun of me. She's like, everybody else ride mopeds. I'm running up this little like, little beep beep like, yeah. little, little little three wheel things. So. Well, I mean, I take all the precautions. A lot of guys aren't wearing footwear that'll protect your feet. I watch the guys heal. Almost Thomas looks like off. a Power Ranger when he gets off his bike. I mean, I, yeah, I ride. A, I ride. A, I caught my kids. Caught my armor. It's mm-hmm. got back armor. Shoulder, elbows. I wear gloves. Thomas is going to crack the ground. It's like a Nokia phone riding down the yeah. road. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if I'm going to go down, I want to keep all my skin, you know, and yeah, I want to keep 100%, my head. percent, dude. I used to always joke around: if you've got a five dollar head, buy a five dollar helmet, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I, I have a nice helmet because I believe that that's important. Yeah. So. And you got a really expensive head. And, and pretty much, if you ride a motorcycle, the question is not if you're going to wreck; it's when. Yeah. And so I already have mine. I hope. And so uh, I'll just keep uh, being careful and being. As, as I can, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So something I like to do, and I, we talked about this on the podcast for man, disc golf. Like I love disc golf. Uh, people make fun wait, of wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. Many Hold people on. don't know what disc golf is. So let me give my definition. Oh man, come on, bro. So, so disc golf. You're about to give the stereotypical answer. Go ahead. Disc golf is basically they have a golf course set up, but it's made for people to throw frisbees. 
I'm putting your lingo here for the normal yeah. normal person. They throw frisbees that from are specially made, specially made for this. So mm-hmm. you don't just have one frisbee; they have a bag of different types of frisbees that do this. different things. Yeah, when so you throw a putting them one, ways. you have a driving one, a you have like a mid range. I mean, it's like it's like a golf, it's like a golf bag, but it's throwing yeah. frisbee. I will say that this has notorious been notoriously been the sport for those who like to partake in what some might call herb or ganja, <laughs> and um, so it's funny that Tyler does it. I always give him a hard time about it, but uh, well. I mean, the sport's changing, man. Like, sure. and, I, and I say, I say sport because we actually have a guy that signed a million dollar contract to play yeah. for this disc golf company. Yeah, and I mean, so like, I mean, it's it's a sport. I mean, well, surfing, a, surfing had that reputation as well yeah. back in the day, and now I mean, it's a yeah. multi billion dollar industry. Yeah, you know? and so in disc golf, I mean, it started back in the seventies, and so I mean, it's relatively young, but there are more disc golf courses opening, and there's more golf courses closing, like ball golf courses. Yeah. And so I yeah. think, I mean, I'm just going to be real with you. Disc golf is the sport of the future. I'm putting it down right now. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's growing. Um, we, we have a huge ambassador right now. His name is Brody Smith. If you're if, if you a YouTuber, I mean, like huge YouTuber. Yeah. Professional ultimate frisbee player, now professional disc golfer. So anyway, I love disc golf. Um, if you're more interested in the sport, man, it, it's easier to explain than it is to like just like – in person than it is over a podcast sure. i would encourage you come out to rainbow city disc golf course with me one day we'll social distance it's a great social distancing sport um it's really cheap to get into take your kids out there and play it yeah, i mean yeah. it's like not it's like 20 bucks vivian maddox watch out for the snakes uh, man listen there are anacondas out there <laughs> and I'm, I'm just kidding there's really not anacondas but there are snakes everywhere i mean it really i mean it used to be a swamp and they drained it yeah, yeah. um for like walking track but sure. i love it um it's it's I, my wife makes fun of me and says tyler you can never settle on one hobby yeah. But I rub it in her face all the time. I've been playing disc golf for three years now. That's pretty good, man. I mean, especially for a seven, bro. Enneagram right. seven. Like I'm like. But there's physical exertion. It's not much money to do it. And in fact, to play. Do you even pay any money to play on the course? No, it's free. Most courses are free to play. Yeah. Uh, most and guys like you, you take up opportunity. Like you've taken a role to go. You're responsible for one of the holes or for multiple yeah. holes and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. For yeah. Make sure I'm, it's I'm, and all that. I'm on the leadership team of the Rainbow City Disc Golf Club. Nice. So shout out to the awesome. Southern Woodpeckers. That's what I So, so who are? So what are you listening? to or who are you listening to and again this doesn't have to be worship music but who are you listening to man i'm gonna recommend y'all one of the best artists out there right now okay and i'm, I'm being serious his name's leon bridges i don't know who that is okay um he kind of has a sam cook vibe to him okay. if you're familiar with sam cook uh very old sound um i would encourage you to listen to his first album and then listen to his second album his first album came out it's called coming home old as, what though what are you talking like, about like, like i'm talking like temptations like 50s like 50s 60s vibe okay. i mean his most recent album which was beyond has like this very 70s vibe he can just really every one of his songs take you back to like i mean it, it just makes you happy listening to it yeah, um i good. saw him play live at hangout fest down in uh, gulf shores right um man that was one of the most funs i've ever had at a concert i mean it was incredible um so go look him up um i would encourage you to look up his song uh, coming home uh, smooth sailing, uh, gosh, uh, brown eyed girl. I mean, like the I man, they had some like great, 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 great music. What about you, bro? Well, I'll throw in there to go along with that. I'll throw in there Drew Holcomb. Oh, dude, Drew Holcomb. Drew good. Holcomb, man. Yeah, he's, Drew Holcomb uh, and the neighbors. Yeah, and the neighbors. It's really. He's like, I, I, not everything is like what I would say. Like, on par with what I believe that mm-hmm. he throws out there. But he's got a song called Family. My kids love it. Um, he does a lot of cool stuff. In fact, I've got an album where he did a bunch of old stuff 
um, that redid some songs, and it's just fantastic. Yep. And it's all old songs he's redone, and so he's kind of a guitar acoustic guy, but it sounds very upbeat. Very a lot of fun. need to breathe ish. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, need to breathe's latest EP, um, who am I, who am I, or who I am, or whatever. Yep. They did it. They did it with Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Like, yep. like Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors is on the song Survival, um, which is an incredible song. Yeah, and so and, and, and his wife Drew and Ellie Holcomb and that, yeah, his wife's I name. Think so. Yeah, they have, they have a song together. Mm. Oh my gosh, man! Like, makes me want to yeah. go home and love my wife. Well, it's a good one. All right, so uh, what's a preacher that you like to listen to? Okay, so uh, easy modern day guy Matt Chandler. Mm-hmm. I, I like Matt Chandler. You know, I haven't listened to him in a while lately, but uh, I like to listen to him. He's he's on fire. He's not afraid to. Very passionate. To, yeah, he's passionate. He's not, he's not afraid to push against the establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have to do that if we want to keep things legitimate and fresh with the culture. Can I tell you but, my favorite thing about Matt Chandler really quick? That? He doesn't have a master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like he pastors this mega church and like, yeah. you know, like, uh, I like, I mean, multi-campus you, yeah, you until look recently. At these, you yeah. look at these churches like we require 10 years of ministry experience and then them did like, you know, oh and all this gosh. stuff. And you're like, the first time I was applying for a church to be the lead pastor, I was a student pastor. I had my master's of divinity. Um, I was serving about an 800 person church as a student and college pastor. And, um, I was applying to these churches as the lead pastor. I wasn't married yet, and so I was getting all these, like, looking at these churches. They, yeah. they had, like, 20 people. They wanted somebody with a doctorate with 10 years' experience. And you're like, I'm are like, you, you don't, kidding You don't me? want that guy. You no, know? Yeah, and, and on top of that, you can afford that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, 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 how are the world are you going to get ministry experience? Do you think Paul had 10 exactly. years' ministry experience when he started? Yeah. No, he didn't. And so, anyway, so, well, Matt, Matt Chandler, Chandler only has a bachelor's degree. I love it. And yeah, so. and he's he's just, uh, the Lord has really used him. He yeah. went through a real big bout with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost took his life, and, and a lot of people across the world were praying for him. He's just got a great story, and he's also just a guy that will preach relentlessly preach Jesus as the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, he's at the Village Church in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Another guy I put out there uh, that's an old dead guy, that I refer to quite often as 20th Martin. century old dad guy though. Yeah, so, I mean, he yeah. was a, he was alive for a so little. So he's not Puritan. No. I would call him maybe he the has last this, Puritan, the last great Puritan. Yeah, <laughs> the last. Yeah, Puritan. Um, and that's uh, Martin Lloyd Jones. Yeah, and man. Lloyd Jones is a hyphenated last name. He uh, was a doctor before he became a preacher, like a medical doctor. Medical doctor, and uh, so he comes at his preaching. He was all. He was a great doctor of trying to figure out what's wrong with somebody, and so he would. He comes at preaching the same way, asking a bunch of questions and uh, listening to his Welsh accent Um. when he preaches the word hard. This guy preached thirteen years from. Listen, I'm not not talking about his total career. His career is longer than that. For thirteen years, from October to May on Friday nights, for thirteen years, he preached through the entire Book of Romans. It took him thirteen years. Thirteen years. That's amazing, mm-hmm. and, and, so, and people and people were rolling up on Friday night to yeah. hear Martin Lloyd Jones preach on a Friday night. Yeah, on a Friday night. I've got some of that. It, it basically is a commentary. So. Yes. Yeah. I it, mean, it's, a, it's his, 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 uh, his on Ephesians. It took him like six years to preach to Ephesians. Yeah, yeah. And like he takes one verse, like he, one verse. He might preach it four and, times. Uh, and you're like, what in the world, man? Yeah. He hits every angle. You it's just good. failed every seminary class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <there. that's> right. <laughs> no doubt. No um, doubt. For me, man, I'm gonna recommend two guys. Um, and Tim Keller, number one. I love Tim Keller. Um, he's not a very like active like, you know, listener. Like he's he's very monotone. But I like listening to him. Engages yeah. the intellect a lot. If, I, if I'm driving, I don't listen to Tim Keller. No, He'll no. put me to sleep. Man. I like Tim Keller, but, but I uh, love his sermons. I read him all mm-hmm. the time. The Gospel According to Jacob. Go look up that series. Oh, from 2000, 2000, 2001. Incredible. John yeah. Piper's my second. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, g- given. I mean, yeah. John Piper is just phenomenal. My favorite thing about John Piper is when he preaches a sermon. He goes, "All right, here's five applications for you today. Three applications for the church." <laughs> And four applications for you to combat <laughs> sin in your life. Yeah. You're like, bro, you just named off 15 points, man. 
<laughs> 15 points yeah, in one dude. sermon. Yeah. And, and both those guys, it gives me hope, made C's in preaching class. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I made a B, so I made a better grade. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. take that, Tim Keller. Right. <laughs> well, the best thing I love about John Piper, too, is his look at the book series. Oh, incredible. Where he goes through and shows you how to exegete. I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the best exegetes out there right yeah, now. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And so, um, okay, so what's a book you'd recommend on kingdom thinking? Yeah. When we say kingdom thinking, we're talking about putting the kingdom first. Yeah. How the church is. I mean, how thinking about outside of your church. Yeah, we're a local expression of the kingdom here. Okay, we are the church local here. One of the churches local. But we have to think bigger than ourselves. Otherwise, we will stagnate. And if we're only focused on ourselves, the doors will close and people will not come. And uh, so there's a book out there by Jeff Christofferson, who was a NAM major guy for North American Mission Board, and Mac Lake, who also worked for NAM at the time, um, who we've talked about before. And this book is called Kingdom First, Starting Churches That Shape Movements. Now, this book, Kingdom First, is not just for church planners, mm-hmm. uh, but it was written for that. And it's really big about how making sure your church is thinking kingdom first, which is the mandate of Scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, not seek yeah. ye first the local church, not seek ye first your own right. Um, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yes. So we have to be thinking bigger than ourselves, thinking bigger for all the saints, for reaching everybody. And we should be excited when another church grows or sees like faithful growth through the gospel and not disappointed they didn't come to our particular church. Yes. So thinking that way is, is what this book's about. What about you? Uh, I got Creature of the Word by Matt Chandler. And there's two other dudes. I don't remember who they are. You can Google it. Um, it's a great book about how the church is the creature of the word. Um, and the creature of the word is a, what the reformer said. The word of God creates the church and how a church is an expression of the kingdom of God. And so I would encourage you pick it up. It's a really simple read. Um, but it, I mean, phenomenal book. Thomas is actually looking around his bookshelf right now trying to figure out who wrote it. Uh, it's uh, Josh Patterson and Eric Geiger. Yeah. So um, Josh Patterson was an elder, I think, at the village church at the time when that book was written. So I would encourage you pick it up. Great book. So let's get into today's topic without further ado. We're going to talk about today a healthy relationship between the church and the state. Uh, right now, as we speak, um, there's a situation brewing in the Democratic People's Republic of California. <laughs> and so I'm kidding. Um, the state of California. And so, um, which is one of the most liberal states in the union. We need to. Yeah, we need the to, largest state in the union. Yeah, largest state in the union. And we need to realize that. Um, between Grace Community Church and the state of California, yeah. um, Grace Community Church is led by led by John MacArthur, which yeah. I'm, I like John MacArthur. Um, I'm not like I mean, I'm I go to his commentary every now and then. Like yeah, well, I mean, I cut my teeth on his uh, study Bible. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's 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 the guy I listen to first. Yeah, I mean, his super accessible. Um, yep. He's preached the entirety of New, his New Testament and like his entire like pastorate at yep. Grace Community. I mean, just a faithful preacher of the word. Yep. I don't agree with him on everything. No. Um, but at the same time, I like John MacArthur. Sure. His elders released a letter. Him and his elders released an el- a letter to the state of California that said, hey, listen, your mandate that churches be closed is, un- is, is going against God, and we will be disobeying it, and we will continue to meet. Now, in the state of California, restaurants are still uh, – at the time, restaurants were open, abortion clinics were open, all these things were open, but churches had to remain closed. Yeah. Like, like ever, like, and so they considered that to be something that was disobedient to God. So they said, you know what? We're going to continue to continue to meet. The next Sunday, they had a full, full, full congregation. I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder. 
and people were showing up to church, which and is not wearing masks. Yeah, not wearing masks and not all this social thing. distancing. And so we're not going to like speak to like I don't want to like speak to that because I don't want to like you know right. rail against John MacArthur because I'm gonna be real with you. That was stupid, reckless. Yeah. Like like I mean like that was <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna rail him, but that was <laughs> reckless. I mean we gotta be real, yeah, right? Sure. I mean there's a virus going around that even though it's like you know 99.8 percent you know, recovery rate, there's still 0.2% of people that are dying from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are people that are in our church that, you know, are susceptible to this. Yeah. It's real. We need to realize that. But at the same time, this brings to, like, well, our you can attention. Disobey, you can disobey the state government yes. and still obey an ordinance. You, you, you can open up but obey every other ordinance yeah, there. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and realize that those mandates are for our health, which yeah. brings up our topic today. Yeah. What is a healthy relationship between the church and the state? Sure. Like, like, as we read the scriptures, there are different passages, like Romans 13, 1 through 7, uh, Matthew 22, 15 through 21, where Jesus, this is the famous one, that he says, you know, therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Right, right. Um, what is a healthy relationship between the church and the state? Um, and it's just a good question for us to talk about because what we need to realize is what's happening to Grace Community Church, well, that could happen to us. Yeah, no doubt. And and, and this is my thing I've, I said about, you know, Grace Community Church. Is this the hill to die on? Like, like and that's always my thing. Is this the hill to die on? Is, and using that language is saying, is this the fight that we need to fight right now? Because in just I'm I'm thinking five to ten years, when you know, especially like with the LGBTQ plus community and the the battle between freedom of expression and freedom of religion and freedom yeah, of yeah. speech and all these battles that are going on right now, we're gonna have to fight that fight later. Sure. Like it's coming. Like we need to realize yeah. that we sure. need to realize that that fight is coming. So, what is a healthy relationship between the church and the state? The first thing we need to realize is this: the church is independent from the state. So, what yeah, do you need to speak and on let's that, let's let's make sure we understand something that there's this big topic, or it's usually stated by this way that there's should be separation between church and state. Yes, and and that's a very, in all, in all honesty, that's a Baptist distinctive. It is Chef, Roger, separation church yeah. and state. Let me say this yeah. about it though: is that it was started, and, and you know this is a historian. It was yeah. started because of what the guys that came over the pond mm-hmm. to start things up here was to say that the, the state should not try to influence or control the church. Yep. Look up Roger Williams, first, yep. first Baptist who yep. came to America, yep. started the first Baptist church, which that church is like so wonky now. It's so funny. Yeah. But in all reality, that's why. Yeah. So now though it's been co-opted by the liberal left politically to say, well, that means that the church should not have a place anywhere where it could be public, and so it's separating church and state with, by putting the church outside. No, and that's the opposite of what that was meant to mm-hmm. do. And so uh, we got to be careful when we hear that about church and state and separation. The original idea was to keep the state out of the church, not to keep the church out of the state. Yeah, the church should be in the state, and that's what we need to realize is that we should be outspoken against cultural yes. ills and all these things that are going on against us. But the church is independent from the state because yes. Jesus says this. My kingdom is not of this world. Yep. And so this leads us to our second point. The state is God or God ordained and we should respect its authority. That's what Romans 13 is about. Yeah. Like we should respect its God ordained, God given authority because God in his sovereignty has given us government. He has given right. us ways to govern ourselves. What do you guys say about that, Thomas? Well, I mean, Romans 13, you can read it yourself, 1 through 7 at least. But the idea there is that we are to respect authority that God has placed in our lives. And since he is sovereign over the entire world, we respect that authority until until it goes against 
the truth of the scriptures. In other words, saying, hey, um, you've got to be okay with abortion. Well, no, we don't, because that's murder. Mm-hmm. God hates that. And so we're not going to be okay with that. We're going to speak against that. Or until it says, hey, you can't meet while casinos can still be open and while restaurants are open and gyms are open, but you can't meet. No, that's not right. If you shut everything down, then you're saying that's for the health. Okay, we get that. We'll shut down. We'll go online. But if you say that we have to shut down as a church, but other places don't, then we're, we're probably going to rebel against that because yeah. that that's that's focused on really being detrimental to the church alone, and that goes against our Christian principles. Yeah, see, and this is what I, this is what I have to say about the state. The state has a responsibility to keep its citizens healthy. Yeah. The state has a responsibility to keep its citizens safe. Sure. The state has a responsibility to do these things, and those are God-given authority to the state. Yeah. And so in March, whenever, you know, the virus was just breaking out here and, like, we were watching it happen, they shut everything down. Like, I mean, everything. We had never seen anything like it. I mean, yeah. in, in, like, in, in our lifetime especially. And so we, we shut down because the government said, hey, listen, you can you, you need to shut down for the sake of public health. Right. 100%, man. Like, like the church, in all reality, should be for public health. Right. Like, we are pro-life, which means that we are pro-everybody's life. Mm-hmm. And so we need to respect those things. So then in May, you know, church, you know, our go, our state government said, hey, you know, churches can reopen, you know, be mindful of these things and, you know, social distance all this. We didn't just come in and say, hey, everybody sit and shoulder to shoulder and let's go back to what we were doing. No, yeah. we respected those things. Well, we took a, we took out every other row. Mm-hmm. We made everybody social distance, wear a mask coming in, going out. I mean, we, we've done everything we can in that yeah. way. And, 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 and out of that, we're respecting the state's authority that was given by God. To keep the public safe. Now, I mean, you, there, there's so many conspiracy theories out there floating sure. around and all this stuff. But no matter what, the church is pro-life, and we should be right. pro-public health. We should be pro for these things. And so here's the thing that we need to realize, though. Point number three. If the state is God-ordained, and we should respect its authority, when the state disobeys God, we follow God in civil disobedience to the state. Yeah, exactly. And so what, I mean, what do I mean by that? I simply mean this. I think that California overstepped their bounds. Sure. I think, like, for example, there was this huge Supreme Court case. And, and this is why knowing these things is so, like, so vital. Um, I'm going to be real with you. I don't watch cable news. I don't want to feed the outrage machine. Sure. But I get my news from different sources online. I'm constantly reading the news online and all these things. Nevada said, hey, churches can't meet over the size of 50. Like, like 50 or more. But casinos can meet at, like, a bigger capacity. And restaurants can meet at bigger capacity. So... This Calvary Chapel, which is a church we, we and you are both familiar with, yep. went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said the Nevada state, the state of Nevada, was not unconstitutional. What? What? Are you kidding me? Like, like, like you're telling me that like these places can meet more, but churches aren't allowed to meet? I got an issue with that. Yep. And so we need to look at this and go, okay, like when that inevitably comes to us, whether it be this COVID nineteen pandemic, whether it be you know. 10 years from now when, you know, we're, 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 we're being shoved identity politics down our throats, mm-hmm. whether it be 25 years from now when some regime is taking over the United States of America and is saying, hey, Christianity's outlawed. No matter what it be, we are first in duty to God alone. Yep. 
Now, hopefully, we never have to do that. Hopefully, yeah. what we do is we abide by everyone as we can. In fact, you saw us put out a, an announcement and ask everybody to wear a mask when they came into church. When we had not made it mandatory for everybody, we said our volunteers would. Mm-hmm. But we changed that because the governor came out and said, hey, we want everybody to wear a mask everywhere you go. On private property, you can decide how you do that, but we encourage it. So we said, hey, please wear a mask. Yeah. We, we want to try to abide by everything we can to show deference to and respect to authority placed over us. Mm-hmm. That God has given. Yeah, yeah. but... If they try to shut down our way of Christian life, um, and this is not just for the church meeting. Like, what if they say you can't proselytize anymore? Yeah, you, you can't, can't share the gospel. You can't evangelize. Well, we're going to do it because that's our mandate. Mm-hmm. And we may go to jail for it. We may um, lose our you know, 501c3 status for it, whatever it is. But we're not going to not do what we're called to do by God. We're going to do that. But in every way we can, we're going to support the state mm-hmm. and the legislature's decisions to do what they can to keep yeah, us safe. Yeah, as our representatives. And that's that's another thing, man. Like, there are representatives that we vote on them. There yep. there are leaders, quote unquote, but there are representatives on our behalf. Like, we're just as equal to them as, as, as anybody. They're not above us. They're, the only thing is that the state has been given by God as a certain authority. Right. And so Grace Community Church, what's your, what, give, give, give me like your hot take on it. Like, like Grace Community Church, you, you support it, you don't support it. Like, you mean MacArthur? Yeah, MacArthur. I support their right to gather. Yeah, 100%. Um, especially if other places are open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they should be totally disengaged with the other ordinances that they could be, uh, you know, submitting to wearing masks, social distancing. They could be doing those things. They might have to go to four services to do it, but they could do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be wise to do. Uh, But I do think that it is worth standing on that note of saying you can't be specially indifferent towards churches uh, as compared to other places of similar issue. hundred percent. You know, that's, that's where I stand on that. And I think if we do the same, I mean, some people here would tell us, no, just shut down. We did shut down. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they shut everything down again, we'd probably shut down and go digital. But if they're shutting us down and not shutting down restaurants, not shutting down Lowe's is the primary example. They, everything was shut down, but Lowe's was like stacked to the brim with people. That, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Well, um, and, and it, 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 I mean, like what's essential, what's non-essential and all these things. And I think that was one thing I appreciated about our state government. Hey, church is essential. Like driving churches are, as long as you're doing mandate and all these things. And I mean, I get all those things. Like, you know, I think that this is one of the beauty of the, the local churches expressed in America, church autonomy, right? And yep. that's one thing, Baptist distinctive right there, that yep. local church autonomy. We did things differently than like, let's say our friends at North Glencoe, our First Baptist Church of Gadsden, or, yep. or even like, you know, Rainbow Presbyterian, all these different churches that, you know, we're friends with, we did things differently than they did. Yep. Like, I know like North Glencoe, they opened as soon as the governor said we can reopen. Yep. We waited till the beginning of June. That's because of local church autonomy. So I respect yep. what Grace Community did, local no church doubt. autonomy. No like, like, I respect their authority. Um, at the same time, I think that, you know, the state has a has a mandate for it has a mandate for our responsibility for their responsibility for our public health. Sure. And so, man, that's one thing I've appreciated about Twelfth Street, man. And, and 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 let me just say this to our members who have been coming to our in-person services: thank you, like thank you for being so respectful. Sure. Right. Like, I mean, yep. um, when we had a case of COVID in our church a few weeks ago, like the coolest thing was was that everybody was so respectful of keeping distance and all this. We didn't have to inform anybody that they came in contact with them. Because social distancing was being respected. Yeah. Masks were being worn. Sure. And all these things. And so, I mean, I, I saw today that Alabama's deadly cases were down. Yeah. Man, keep wearing masks. Or let's do this thing. Let's get rid of yeah, this virus. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's, let's do this. And let the church contribute to that by being respectful, 
of the state's authority. Yeah, and unless just it steps on just God's to authority. Let's say this out loud to our people too. We're doing everything we can to be as safe as possible, but you know, at some point, I, like we've said from the very beginning, we don't think this is a blizzard. We think this is an ice age. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, we we through the blizzard we shut down. We may have to do that again at some point if that's what's called for. But we also know that this is not going to be done in a month or yeah. two months. We're, on, we're rolling on six months now, and we know this is going to be a bigger impactor for longer than just this. It'd be great if it was over in September. It's not going to be over. It's just going to change. Yeah. And so our hope is is that until then, we're going to be fluid, and we're going to do the best we can to protect people Looking w- at without, without yeah. stopping doing ministry. Yep, we're not going to stop. We can't stop doing ministry for the sake of the gospel going forth, for the sake of the glory of God, for the sake of the lost souls in our community, for the sake of edifying the church as a whole, all the saints, and for the sake of building up our local church. We will continue to work. It just may look different month to month. Mm -hmm. And it has. And in all reality, though, we've continued to grow. We've continued to press forward because we are trying to be the church that Jesus intended us to be. That's right. And listen, here's the thing, too. If you're a member of our church or any church and you feel like you can't go because somebody's immunocompromised in your family and you can't go to gather, then then do online. That's not our preferred method when everything's normal, Mm -hmm. but do online and participate with us in that way. Come to our drive-in church. Be in the parking lot with us in your own car, air conditioner on at 8 a.m. on Sundays. Um, But if you want to come in the building, then come in the building while we do our live stream and while we're doing that normal service. Um, Find out what fits for you. But just know that we're going to strive to keep everybody safe while still trying to charge hell with the water pistols we've got filled with the gospel, which will break it wide open. Because we're obedient to God first. That's right. That's right. And we are we are citizens of the kingdom. And I say this all the time. You are closer to the believer in China who is meeting underground right now yep. than you are the unbeliever next to you. That's right. And so, brothers and sisters, we're going to respect the state's authority. Yep. We're going to respect God's authority overall. And so thank you so much for tuning in this week on the ReChurch Podcast. We will see you next week.